This season of Keep Calm and Carry On is sponsored by Act London, the premium natural deodorant balm for all genders. Hello and welcome to season three of Keep Calm and Carry On. I cannot believe we're in season three already. I've got some amazing guests for you. I can't wait for you to hear these chats. I've been very busy and I've teamed up with a special sponsor this season, Act London. It's an amazing natural deodorant that was created by two West End performers and that's why I thought they were the perfect fit for Keep Calm and Carry On because you guys know I love a bit of theatre and all of our special guests love a bit of theatre. I will tell you so much more about them later in the episode but watch out for them. It's an amazing brand called Act London, that's A-K-T London and uh, you can check them out and we have a special discount code for you, lots of exciting stuff but I will tell you much more about them later. So, today, my very first special guest on season three. Ah, I grew up watching this lady on the television and wanted to kick my leg as high as her. She's just a beautiful woman and celebrating 50 years in this industry. Ah, it's our national treasure, Bonnie Langford. Bonnie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Not only because I get to see your lovely face, but to have you... I think we tried to get to you, actually, on season one, so I'm so thrilled that we've finally beaten you down to get on season ah. three. <laughs> yeah, Not at how, all, not at all. I'm delighted How are you doing? To. I'm, I'm really quite technical technologically uh, scared I get quite a lot of anxiety when it comes to too much that's sort of pressing buttons here pressing buttons but I've got much better uh, because you've had to you know we've had to haven't we but you know Mm. at first when all this started and people were sort of singing into their um, phones and things like that (laughs) I was really uh, I was in awe but like Mm. don't make me do that can't do it can't cope with it we've had to get online I think you know everybody's Everybody's Zooming and they're podcasting and they're, they're exactly mm. singing online, communicating, and they've had to. I mean, it's the it's the way we've been able to communicate. But you've done I mean, brilliantly. It, you were all set up this morning. <laughs> a year about a year or so ago, we didn't even know that Zoom meant anything other than to sort of get somewhere quickly or to fly like a <laughs> rocket. Um, so I mean, I kind of wish we'd all been able to afford to have shares in Zoom because it seems oh, like that was the thing, wasn't That's it? That's what we needed. But isn't it great that? we've got this I mean can you imagine in times gone by when similar things have happened or dreadful disasters and things have happened and literally you know you need a carrier pigeon so mm. the fact we've got this I think there would be an absolute outcry if if the uh, internet went down for people um it thank goodness we've sort of got it actually absolutely absolutely evil. so how's mm. how's lockdown been for you I mean have you been have you been managing to keep working? Have you been completely yeah. cut off? Have you stopped? How's it been for you? Yeah. Well, when I first, when we first had that sort of, um, uh, well, March the sixteenth, mm. I was in nine to five the musical, of and I was just about to finish. Were. I'd done about, I'd done about a year and a half, which was quite a slog. Um, you were amazing, by the, the way. I saw oh. you. You were <laughs> fabulous. You? Yeah, I was it just was slightly weird. Blown away. <laughs> You were great, though. Fabulous. It was, it was nuts, wasn't it? It was nuts. But also, it was really physically quite demanding in many respects. Um, I mean, I've done harder shows, but it, it was just one of those shows where I did, you know, very little in the rest of the show, and then I had a 10-minute kind of mad throw mm. myself around, which sometimes is harder because you don't it have any build-up to it. It is. And suddenly you're, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and then suddenly you've got to go on and smash out these numbers, mm-hmm. which you did mm-hmm. amazingly. Those mm-hmm. the that's that song you did and I mean you were running around the stage that was unbelievable that's well, it was ridiculous it was ridiculous and then it was kind of like and back to the plot but anyway so but it was it was fun to be in and and also but by then I was quite sort of physically and emotionally empty quite mm. frankly and I'd hurt my knee as well and that had all flared up again so um on a selfish level I only had three weeks left of the show on a selfish level when they came I was going into work and we heard Boris talking about, oh, everything should shut, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not telling you shouldn't, but we think you should. And, oh, it was one of those where you just think, oh, are we supposed to close or are we not closing? Mm. And then we were at warm-up and the news started sort of rumbling around on Mm. stage. You know, Phantom's not doing the show. They've cancelled. This is cancelled. That's cancelled. And then we saw the producers suddenly arrive in the wings and then they all came on and went, we're going to go, we're not going to do the show tonight. And although it's that terrible feeling of, but we have to do a show, no matter what. You can't yes. stop 
this is we don't do this mm. we don't give up we don't cancel shows Mm-mm. easily it's that's not what happens mm. there was also something in the back of my mind with a certain amount of relief going oh i could just go home and have a cup of tea <laughs> um you know that for that split second mm. and and then you start to think oh lockdown what does that mean and that became a little bit scary mm. and i think i had to sort of turn around and say to myself okay i'm organized i put all the right numbers on the wall for my daughter um let's do what we have to do mm-hmm. um i got a bit scared and i thought i'm not going down that route i can't emotionally do that because i have to be here going no it's going to be fine yeah you, you know keep calm carry on mm-hmm. um it's going to be fine and then that first sort of <laughs> yeah that first lockdown we then all i don't know about you but i went into mad kind of oh all these things that i can do to my flat all these cupboards yes. i can clear out all these mm. silly jobs that you don't do um and started to embrace it and say right Mm. this is a precious time that we all have together or apart but you know we're and we're all going through it together Mm. but it's gone on and on hasn't it Mm. it has gone on and on and on and as I say I wasn't one of these people that felt that I could sing into a camera and and keep everybody jolly I just sort of thought I don't I don't do that at home I go to Mm. work to do that it's I've never been one of those you know, like I, I started working when I was a kid and people would go, oh, you used to get up and dance on the table. No, mm. that is a lie. I would have actually crawled into a corner rather than do that, but mm. put me on a stage in the correct environment and I'll do it. So it's oh, it's been a, it, it sounds ridiculous, but it's been quite an adjustment, hasn't it? Oh, so much so. I, 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 exactly that. We, especially our industry, have been mm. so... Um, cut off I mean we're so used to being Mm. quite resilient and we Mm. you know if if, if the job ends we go and do something else don't we that's what Mm -hmm. we do and we look Mm -hmm. for that next opportunity but there hasn't it's closed off our industry completely and not being able to get into theatres and have that live aspect has been crippling for us and and you you know you think of those young people I think you know those that I feel for the people that have just come out of college or just starting Mm. up in the industry where you know, it's make or break at that time. And for them to not have the opportunity, it's just so desperately sad. Well, I've sort of lived through that because my daughter is now 20 and she was about to graduate in the summer oh. and uh, from Musical Theatre College. And they have been amazing um, because at first all these colleges were doing classes on Zoom and they mm. are again now. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not ideal. It's really not ideal. And they, they did do a few sort of Zoom sessions and she would enjoy them for the moment even though it was basically in the kitchen and mm. it's like oh, this doesn't seem right and it's not, not the right space and not the right environment no. but also at the same time she said that when she switches the off button you know when the, the class is over it was so dead and so yeah. so much of a letdown it was almost worse what they managed to do was in the little break that we had between lockdowns mm. so September through to December um, the college actually reinstated um, classes at college and Brilliant. they separated them all. They hired another place so that they could all be in different groups um, and stay in those bubbles. They went in, they managed to do some training uh, classes. Then they did um, the production, which mm. they did with no audience, just filmed it, live streamed it. And then they did agents auditions. And then December the 9th, the whole thing finished. But she graduated and she got it and she got an oh, agent. Wow. So, I mean, it's just that I, I think is so wonderful. And there are other contemporaries of hers who were, you know, given Zoom classes, sent an email saying, here's your diploma, good luck. And that is devastating, devastating, because suddenly your tribe... I mean, my daughter said to me, she said, this is the first time I haven't been in education. I haven't been having a schedule. I haven't had stuff I maybe don't want to do, but Mm. I've got no structure suddenly to my life. Mm. I've got the freedom, really, in some respects, but I'm still handcuffed and I think that's the same with all of us you know and this industry particularly is such a Mm. social industry we're there to make people feel better you know there is you know culture all kind of arts and I think at one point I got terribly low because of that whole thing of feeling that we were not considered viable oh Oh, my (laughs) god that got to me oh 
Oh, it was so hurtful, wasn't it? It was so hurtful. And I do, you know, I I, I don't want to side with the government at all, but I just think Mm. it was perhaps taken a little bit out of context. However, it hit, that hit our industry so badly and it upset so many people. And Mm. exactly that, I felt the same. I felt undervalued and this this job that I've been crafting and working so hard at for Mm. 20 or 30 nearly years, just, desperately sad that it wasn't viable and it didn't feel like we mattered and we didn't have a place however mm-hmm. much industry we bring in and it and yes. support we bring well, to the it. country I mean, what I didn't understand was the fact that it's not only I mean I understand you don't have to like singing dancing and all that stuff you don't have to I don't think that should be uh, a given I don't think we should expect people to all like everything the same mm. it's not like oh but you gotta like it no 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 not at all mm. fine everyone's allowed to, to to have different passions and different um, mm. professions and and, and if it's not their bag, absolutely fine. I, I don't, uh, it's not that. It's about the fact that actually, as far as the economy is concerned, it's a huge industry. It's, it's huge. massive. It's huge. it's huge. It brings um. in a fortune. Mm. And then they turn around and say, oh, London's dead. We need to bring people back to London. Well, how do you do that? Well, mm. put on a, you know, the, the, but, you know, then, of course, there's the whole other side of the argument, which is the fact that we've got to make sure that people are safe and health. Mm-hmm. If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. Mm-hmm. So what is going on in the other theatres, meaning the theatre of of, um, of hospitals and hospitals. health and all that thing, which is absolutely above and beyond incredible mm-hmm. what people are doing. But it's always been our job to keep everybody going. Yes. And suddenly we were being told, no, not only can you not do it, you're not worth it when you do mm. it. Yes. And that was like, ah, oh, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't undermine anybody. Mm. Don't be, and at one point it seemed so vindictive. At one point when they, it seemed like places like the, um, the Royal Albert Hall was going to, to, to be, you know, yeah. unable to, to, to work and it would probably close. And you think, no, you can't let that happen. Mm. But then it's all very well giving funding to the buildings, but buildings are only alive and theatres are only alive with the people that you put in, in them. Oh. And you've got to understand that that has a value. Mm. So, uh, And when they turn around and did that patronising thing of, we know it's your passion, no, actually it pays my very large taxes and very big mortgage <laughs> and it feeds my absolutely. child yeah, how absolutely. am I going to do this yes it's a passion but when it's your job it's different mm. um and so there was uh, those I went through all of that stuff um I watched Hamilton on uh Disney plus did you sobbed. I've resisted I sobbed. <laughs> I've resisted I and sobbed. I don't know why <laughs> Well, have you seen, did you see Hamilton live? I didn't. And that's why I'm resisting because I want to go, you know, I want to go and sit in that seat and, you know, have that excitement, have those, oh, just, oh. Well, I, I preferred it when I watched it on the screen. (gasps) Did you? Yeah, I preferred it because I thought some of the performances were wonderful as well. Mm. And I also thought it, it, it just seemed suddenly at that point, I think it was when all this was going on, I realised that we are sort of masters of our own destiny in so many respects because we make it look easy and all that stuff. And I just watched it for that reason and thought not only was it, you know, both written very cleverly and Mm. and, and when I saw it live, I actually found that I I had to work too hard to listen to the words. Yes, Halfway through the second half, I thought, I'm exhausted (laughs) now. I I can't listen to any more of it. I feel I should be taking all this in. And when you put it on screen, you sort of, do get it in fact mm. a friend of mine puts it on screen she's watched it so many times puts it on screen with the subtitles so that you can actually read what's being said Brilliant. as well and really take it in which is clever um but it just made me look at it and go look at that they've started at seven thirty, finishing at quarter to 11 no stops no retakes no doing it in little chunks like you do yes, on telly it's like that's you press go that railway train goes off the roller coaster's off and mm. it doesn't stop until you come to the end of the ride. And the amount of talents and skills yep. that it takes to get to that point to look that easy. Mm. I just went, this industry is extraordinary yeah, it and is. it deserves to be respected and given the opportunity to do what we do. And the fact that there's so many people involved with that and so many people involved in that who might be giving up who can't survive mm-hmm. and yet have created something so magical that people then talk about and have as their yes. memories. 
I think that's one of the privileges of our industry is that people yeah. will come up. Yesterday I was doing a Zoom call and um, somebody asked me a question about, you know, what's the weirdest thing a fan has ever asked you or whatever, blah, blah. My mind went blank. You know how you just think, oh, I don't know, it's been 50 <laughs> years. I mean, and I happened to say, which was just absolute fluke, I happened to say, it was true, but it was fluke that I came up with that. I said one of the lovely things that I always enjoyed was when I was doing Peter Pan, the letters that I would get from children inviting me to tea. And apparently this person had sent me a letter. <gasps> Oh, I've just gone cold. I've just got goosebumps all over my body. Oh, my goodness. That's so magical. And they'd remembered it. And those are the the bonuses we get from doing Mm. our job. And I think coming out of this, it's it's what people are going to need the most, isn't it? They're going to need that escapism. They're going to need to go out. They're going to need to be moved and feel something. And and hopefully, you know, those people are all there to jump straight into jobs and... Well, that's it. I mean, you know, I love the fact that they turn around and go a couple of times. They said, oh, yes, theatre's going to open. It's not like you get the key and you unlock the door. No, and suddenly there's a show, yes. I know. (laughs) You can't just say, oh, there's the light switch. Turn the lights on and here comes the show. You know, it's it's terrible to sound whingy. I don't want to sound whingy at all. Um, And we love the fact that we're like magicians and we get on with it and Mm. you don't make it show. And, you know, there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And then if you turn around and say, oh, I'm fed up, people go, oh, why should you bother? You know, you're not worried, mm. you know. And, and, and I get it. I absolutely get it. But I do wonder what the day is going to be like. It's going to be I know. amazing, I hope. I know. Everyone's going to be I so hope. emotional. It's going to be brilliant. Oh. We hope, yeah, we hope, we hope. Well, that's it. I mean, I then watched um, when they did Britain's Got Talent and they put all those... Ah. <gasps> uh, Mm. So what it was moving, it was so moving, so powerful. Oh, it was. I tell you, it was. I'm quite embarrassed about myself because, in fact, I um, <laughs> I got a little puppy dog. Um, oh. Just after we watched Hamilton, I was like, right, life is too short. We need to do these things that we've never really been able to do. So we got a little puppy dog, and um, and then they did. They showed the Britain's Got Talent thing. And um, uh, I just found it so moving. I found it so moving. I sobbed. And I thought, I've got to go out. I've got to go and look at the sky. I've got to look at the bigger Mm. world. I've Mm -hmm. got to look at the bigger picture. And it was dark. And I went to this little park that's beside us. And I sobbed. And this darling person walked past me and said, are you all right? And I went, oh, yes, I'm just getting a bit. I'm just letting it out. Don't worry. I'm just letting it out with my little Mm. dog. And and, and he walked away. And then he came back and he went, are you sure you're okay? It's much better to talk about it if you can. Complete stranger. Complete stranger. See, humanity Um, just, you know, humanity does still come out in people, especially at these times when, you know, you go out and you're not sure if you should speak to people or get too close. But people are human and they do you know interact and oh let's hope we're we're out there soon but if you've just mentioned it I mean celebrating 50 years in the industry I mean that's amazing I want to take you back actually to um okay to how it how it began for you because it started very early for you didn't it I mean I grew up just absolutely watching everything you do going that's what I want to do I want to do that I want to and you've kind of been you're like a bit of a a national treasure you're part of all of our showbiz (laughs) history anybody that grew up that is in the industry just watched you growing up because you were so significant Mm -hmm. and so prominent did you you have that um is it what you wanted to do did you have that that side of this is where I'm going this is what I want to do or how did it start off for you well, I was I I was born into it, quite frankly, and I if if anyone believes in choosing your parents, I think I chose the right ones for me, and I'm, <laughs> I know I did actually, um, <laughs> because uh, I have never wanted to do anything else, and I never had that light bulb moment of saying I want to do that. It just was there, um, and so my uh, I mean, it sort of goes back in my history. My great aunt was a ballet dancer with um, and danced with Pavlova Anna Pavlova. Um, and trained at what then became Arts Ed and things like that um, from before it was even anything, even Cone Ripman, when it was that, um, theatre school. Uh, I'd love to go into this history and I must delve one day. In fact, I'd like to do Who Do You Think You Are and oh, find out amazing. that history. Because what surprises me so much about it is the fact that my great aunt was one of three daughters. 
um, they and they moved down from uh, sort of Birkenhead area down to London so that she could study. Now, who do, in that day, people didn't do that and they didn't do that no. for girls either. So yes. I'd love to know all about that sort of history, but that's a whole other thing. Um, when my great aunt came back from her travels um, with ballet companies and shows, she then started a dance school. My mother took it over. When I was born, my two older sisters, uh, one of them, Sharida, was at um, White Lodge Royal Ballet School and Pet was at Arts Ed, uh, my other sister. So it was just in the blood, but it was all about learning. It was all about training. It was all about dance training. It wasn't about mm. being on stage. Although my mother used to put on with her dance show every year a dance dance show so that mm -hmm. she, the parents could see how their kids were doing. And the local theatre was Richmond Theatre, just West London. Oh. <laughs> and so that was where I first appeared. So at three months old, I was carried on to Richmond Theatre because wow. my mother always used to do her show in July. Um, she was expecting me, so she postponed it until about the October. And at the end of that show, she carried me on at the end instead of a bouquet. <gasps> <laughs> so... That was my oh start. my goodness! And apparently, I just looked up at the lights. I, just, I mean, babies would, wouldn't they? And you think, oh, mm. what's the lights? Um, and I always felt at home. And I attribute so much of that to my my mother and to my sisters because when I first went on stage after that, and the following year, I think I was carried on again. And then after after that, I went on um, did baby take a bow or something. I always had my sisters holding my hands just walking on and I'd take a bow and walk off again. And it just was completely normal. But normal. it was just at that point, you know, this mm. was just my life. I didn't think of anything different. And I was a very, very, very quiet child. Very quiet. And, the, and then did you, did something spark that you, that wanted to, to make you go on stage? Or was it, like you say, part of the training and that was, that was your schooling? Because... For me, I would, I think, I always think I would have left school and du like done my dance training, you know, all day every day because I loved it so much. I, yeah. I think essentially the natural progression is to then go on stage, but there's something, there's a security, the physicality, the mental health, the the, the mm. people you surround yourself mm. with that training is so important. And those people you kind of are friends for life, and it mm. it, it, it does it. Was how was that for you? Where where did it lead well, to going on stage? I mean, stage? my my life sort of then became. Cause I always think it's interesting, isn't it, when you say to somebody, "Well, how did you get? How did your first book get published? How did mm. you, you know, and all those sorts of things?" Because it then takes you into a new area, doesn't it? But mm -hmm. mine was a bit complicated because I was still a kid, um, so it wasn't as if, "Oh, this is my career. This is just something I." do like, as not yeah. you know my parents would always go isn't it nice to have something lovely a nice memory to make you know, <laughs> it was never made out you know I always get worried when I see things like Britain's Got Talent and they're going oh I'm mm. going to change my life no no please don't change your life I mean make it better if you want but just just take it slowly it's mm. this is a long road now if you started this young um and um and it wasn't a case of oh I'm going on stage therefore I am this is my life uh, and often my mother would say to me do you really want to do this and I'd go, of course I do. No, no question. Mm. Um, but I, so to cut from the sort of being three months old, my, one of the people who was involved in my um, my mother's show was an, an adult and um, worked at Thames Television. And they were um, local to us anyway. And they had a talent show called Opportunity Knocks. Opportunity Knocks. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh my so I goodness. Did that. And then from that, I, where I, uh, was asked if I would be a sort of a co-host on um, a regular, on a programme that was an afternoon show all featuring kids called Junior Showtime, which I... was sort of a song and dance. <laughs> I read about and that. Still... Oh, it was... How... <laughs> I could, but, but suddenly being on, uh, you know, being on the telly and being in people's, you know, living rooms at a young age, how was that yeah. for you? Because now, like you say, when you talk Nothing. about things like Britain's Got Talent and... X Factor, what you know, the the reality issues that are, are huge now, and they do suddenly catastrophically throw people in in yeah. front, you know, into this mm. new world. It, that was happening to you. I mean, you were suddenly on people's screens. People would know who you are. You you, you were oh, in everybody's no. living rooms. It wasn't as big as that. No, you see, you see, people had. I mean, we had a telly in a cabinet that we ra we rented from Radio. <laughs> we didn't have videos. <laughs> 
you didn't have you know catch up tv you didn't have watch things when you want to you mm. saw it at that moment you had three channels point. yes we only had three channels didn't even have yes. channel four no. I mean, it wasn't quite the dark ages, but it almost was. It was a very different world. But we were all watching more... the. We were all watching the same programs because we did only have three channels, and we would all sit down on Saturday I night. Guess. We would all sit, and so we all had the. You know, there now there's so much opportunity, uh, yeah. so much choice. You know, yes, we all catch perhaps, you know, the Saturday night by by catching up with it. But we we yeah. were all watching the same programs then because there was only those three channels. I guess so. But I mean, I was only on one show of Opportunity Knox. Mm. I didn't win the following... Well, I did actually win the following week, but I was busy. I was doing my <laughs> show and I wasn't available for the recording. I so love I mean, that. The minute I was that age, I was just... Sorry, I can't come back on the television. That's I mean, brilliant. it was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But that was where they were at with it. It was like, mm. oh, that was a nice thing to do. My mother was absolutely appalled because she'd been doing this big <laughs> rehearsal the week before, you know, like bringing the whole school yes, together, 150 yes. kids, and she was running it. So my dad took me to the recording and I ended up not wearing my costume, but wearing the hot pants, the velvet hot pants that I'd gone in. But And I didn't even change my socks. You know, my mother was like... She didn't change her socks. She's not wearing her costume. It was the best thing because I didn't look like this sparkly kid in a frothy mm. dress. Um, but I, the thing that I remember about that and the thing that I think carried me through and not only the sort of the laid back, um, sort of nonchalant view of my parents, but also the fact that I loved being in that television studio because they talked to me like an adult. It was Royston mm. Mayo was the director. And... Um, they also, I was only six, it was a tiny little thing. And they also said to me, um, if you look at the camera, the big camera with, if you can see when it's got a red light above it, that's when you'll be looking at your friends and family at home. And I thought, that's nice. And I really, I just vividly wow. remember taking it all in and just absorbing and thinking this feels like a really interesting place to be and doing the the the, the recording for the for the um backing track and stuff like that and I also remember recording it and all these people there was Andram group were on singing hello dolly and they were all in their period costumes the nerves you could mm. feel them mm. <laughs> I nearly said yeah, you could smell yeah. them but you could feel them <laughs> and I remember sitting in a corner and thinking what 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 what's all this Why? about all yes. these big grown-ups getting all in a tease and making a noise. You're not supposed to make a noise. You're supposed to be quiet, you know. Mm. I just I just remember being so quiet and laid back by it, but feeling that this was completely comfortable. I then went into a show as well. Um, I think uh, someone from the stage phoned my mother and said that they were looking for a, a little girl to play the part of Bonnie in Gone with the Wind, the musical, mm -hmm. the Harold Rome musical at um, Theatre Royal Drury Lane, would I go for this audition? And when we got there, it was an open call and the world and his mother was there. Mm. And my mum, <laughs> and they were all in costumes and things. I was in a little blue leotard and white socks. And um, my mother <laughs> went up to the stage manager and said, I'm afraid we have to go. I mean, we can't stay we've got an appointment and so they snuck me in quickly and I did so I didn't have to queue wow. for long I did for a while and I know this is true because on social media somebody about a year ago put a little thing saying I remember being at that audition and you sneaked past us and went in and we knew so it must wow. you know when you just think do I remember this correctly and when someone else tells you and they have no reason to tell you and you go okay wow. my brain's not completely gone and um and yeah I got that so I went into wow. that so I was doing that at Drury Lane when I was seven. <gasps> that, I mean, that's huge. You know, starting starting those huge so. things is 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 massive. But, but it seven. didn't seem it. You see, when we when I was doing it at Gone with the Wind at seven, my um, I remember um, I did two performances a week. There were four mm. or five of us doing the, the role because we were all so young, and um, uh, so I didn't really know anybody in the show, and uh, uh, we were only allowed to do two performances a week, and I felt quite separate, which wasn't quite really mm. that much fun uh but you know I had a big number and stuff and that was quite nice and it seemed to go well and uh in the middle of it we went on our holidays to Bognor as we always did and one day <laughs> when we were down in Bognor my dad drove me up to the theatre and I did the show and got in the car and came back to Bognor again that night and went on on the holiday at the beach wow it wasn't a deal it was just yes. something that happened that ha yeah yeah but it definitely set you up to how your career was going to go and how things were going to happen and you're going to 
continue to, to do this to do this crazy life that we do this metal well I don't know I mean sometimes I think when kids start young they burn out it can be very hard yes it gives you different it gives you ben, many more different chapters to go through and that, that can be mm. that can be quite tricky in itself to navigate those different ages and generations and situations you go through and trying to sort of grow up and wondering whether you want it and blah 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 uh, but the one thing that has always been constant for me has been wanting to do this job it's the only mm. thing that makes me tick mm. um from a very quiet sort of perspective it's not i've got to do this because i want to be seen it's not it's nothing to do with that it's something that just feeds feed your soul like nothing else Mm, it does it does it, it it's something you can't explain unless you do it you can't explain it to people and often it is people that like I'm relatively quiet in my normal life and quite reserved yeah. and laid back but then on and it's and it sounds a bit cliche that something happens when you go on stage but you, it really does and you can be this mm-hmm. different person and it's a mm-hmm. it's a release it's and amazing place. It is in a weird, a safe place, in a, yeah. such a strange way where there's lots of people yeah. looking at you and yep. you're doing crazy things. Well, there's a story. I think there's a quote that um, Barry Humphreys, you know, Dame Edna, oh. uh, said that uh, he was doing a he was doing a um, a big show. I don't, I don't know whether which one it was, whether it was one at the Haymarket or something. But he was doing this big show and he spent the entire day promoting it, doing various interviews, this, that, and the other, and blah 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 blah. You know, like you have to do. And um, he got on stage that night and he went breathed out and he went oh I'm home and it, yeah <laughs> he felt more comfortable so true though isn't it it's, it's true. true it is true I think if you're meant to be there it really does feel like a safe space which I think is why so many of us are struggling at the moment because we don't we're not having that fix we're not having that you know that community we're not seeing our fellow fellow no. people just the chat you know? oh just the social of it you know it's fantastic yeah, oh, the, and chat. the community and the Yes. I miss the hugs. The physicality. People and hugging and, you know, we're all very tactile and now we can't be. Yeah. This episode of Keep Calm and Carry On is sponsored by ACT London. ACT is the natural deodorant that really does work with gorgeous fragrances, stunning plastic-free packaging and unrivaled performance at its core. Their slogan is Born to Perform, not only because it works, but because the brand was created by two West End performers, Ed Curry and Andy Coxon. The guys simply couldn't find a deodorant that worked for eight shows a week under those hot lights in those same costumes. Ah, I certainly know what that feels like. Act is now the winner of Harper's Bazaar's Best Deodorant Beauty Award and has been named the number one deodorant by Vogue, Esquire and Pop Sugar. I've been using it myself and honestly, I love it. If you like the sound of ACT, the boys have given me an exclusive code to share with you. Keep Calm 20 for 20% off at actlondon.com. That's A-K-T London.com. Thanks, boys. Talk to me about Bugsy Malone. I didn't realise oh. you did Bugsy Malone. And then I was looking, you yeah. know, cause checking up what I did and didn't know. And I saw Bugsy Malone. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, I grew up, you know, loving that film, knowing it inside out. Tell, talk to me about that. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about starting young, actually, although you would say, you know, oh gosh, all these kids, actually, kids, when I was experiencing it in show business, were extremely professional. You mm. had to be professional. In fact, you had to be doubly professional because you were a kid. You were mm. not really there to be excused. Mm. Um, it was, you always wanted to be very on it and very aware of your position and what you're supposed to do. Uh, and half the time as well, you got you got less time on, on set because you were restricted to three and a half hours on set at that mm. point. And so often you wouldn't do the kind of the setups. You'd have a stand-in and then you'd have to come in and pick it up very quickly. So most mm. kids, and there weren't that many, there weren't as many kids in sort of show business and acting as there seem to be now. Um so we were a, it was a small knit community close knit and so everyone everyone basically who was performing at that time ended up being in Bugsy Malone <laughs> it just <laughs> it was just it, you just were in it because that's oh. every kid in England was in that um and the funny part was was that um so I played Lena Morelli this um star who who had walked out of this show many, many times, but always walked back in. Oh, my God. I, Oscar, I have, and it comes back going, It's Oscar, all Oscar. just yeah. landed for me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but what's so oh. funny is that I said that I was in junior showtime after I did that. Well, the two, of the, the two people playing Oscar, the director, and his assistant were 
um, Kathy Apanovich and Mark Curry, who I had been in Junior Showtime with, and it, it, oh. we're still dear, dear friends. On top of that, I was a bit disappointed at the time because I thought, oh, we'll go somewhere lovely on a location or I'll go to Pinewood. But in fact, we filmed those scenes at Richmond Theatre. So I was back where I started. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's only down the road. Down I thought we were going road. somewhere exciting. Oh. So it's only down the road. and um, But I'm glad it was because it was lovely. And then... We filmed in the morning and a lot of it was ad-libbed. It was all sort of scripted, but, you know, this is, Alan would say, this is, um, so I want you to be doing something like this. You say this, you be, give me something a bit on this score and blah, blah. So there was a freedom about it. And wow. also he was so good with young people because mm. he talked, I mean, obviously there wasn't effing and blinding and things like that, but there mm. was, it was a very professional, mature set. It was very adult in many respects. Um, but, you know, in the fact that we were all talked to as as small human beings who, you know, hadn't had life experience as much as others, but we were not stupid. And mm. therefore, everyone rose to that challenge. And uh, and then so I finished the, the couple of scenes I was doing in the morning. We shot those. That was fine. And then um, Alan said to me, look, I would like now, we've got another scene that really you're not necessarily in, but I would love you to be rehearsing on stage in the background. I want to shoot it from the gallery and the, the, the two characters having a, an argument and you're on stage. Um, but the trouble is we haven't got anything particularly for you to do. So would it be all right if we write a little song for you in the lunch break? So I just went, yeah, sure, fine. And wow. then after lunch, they brought me this song and I learnt it and did it on the stage. And I'm singing in the background. So I'm the only person in the, sh the film who actually sings live because all the other songs were already pre-recorded by yeah, adults yeah. and the actors had to mime. <gasps> so it was just wow. a, a strange, strange day. It was a day. That's amazing. That's, um, I actually did you... another day on it, a dream sequence, but it was all cut. But it was, it, I did I did get to go in one of the cars. So they had these cars that were on, um, they looked like little cars, but they were actually on tricycles. They were hell to pedal. But oh they were God. fantastic. It was How fantastic. Brilliant. Oh, I love that film. I, do. I need to. I need to get my kids to watch it. Actually, I'm. Just, I'm slowly bringing them round to you know musical films. So I'll have to get them to yeah. watch it. Um, well, I think kids are brought up on films now, on musicals, because you just look at all the animation and you mm. look at all the Disney films. They're all musicals. They're all there. Mm. They're, and can you imagine a world without music? No, I. Can't I even not think about it. It's and it's the thing that's keeping people going, especially at the moment. That people are craving mm. that music, that interaction, that performance, that yeah. live element. Um, yeah. So you've done a bunch of stuff already, and then mm. you you track you went to um, did you go to Arts Ed or Tally Conti? Did I read that right? Oh, I went to both of them. Yeah, I went to Arts Ed when I was seven because they used to have a baby school. Um, oh, they don't yeah. do that anymore. But I went there when I was seven because my sister was there. I I was. <laughs> I was at a little local school and I think I'm still traumatised by coming last in the egg and spoon race. I mean, and by last, I mean, they'd already done two other races as well. And I was still not fast. Still and any kind of sports, I, I can't, it's just, it was, that was not good for me. And, um, you know, I would do, my acting skills came out in tummy aches regularly. <laughs> yeah. All that I kind of that. Thing. So I am, um, uh, and my uh, pet, my middle sister was was already at Arts Ed and had just gra was graduating and about to go into the upper school. So they said, okay, well if you go there, then you'll be doing what you love to do, and also mm. pet will be there to look after you. But actually, she then got into the Royal Ballet School and left and went to <laughs> the Royal Ballet School. So I was there on my own. <laughs> and then I went to America and did. Um, well, I was in a show called Gypsy with Angela Lansbury when I was. Eight, I saw that, and they took <gasps> That's me huge. to. Um, <laughs> and they took me to America with the show to Broadway and when I came back I I didn't fit in anymore it was strange it was it was a theatre school but they didn't like anything to do with theatre and I was told not to talk about it and I felt quite ashamed yeah that, don't talk that's about horrific. it you don't want well it was in those days where it's don't get big-headed we don't want you to be yes. big-headed so we won't talk to a, about it uh so I didn't I, and I felt quite uncomfortable, and so I was unhappy. And so my parents heard me, and I very rarely said anything about anything. Mm. And then I went to Italia Conti. Um, and it was wonderful, because it was a, a totally different sort of thing. It was much more mm. gregarious. And um, mm -hmm. and also they took pride in people being in things. And it was like, oh, have you got a job? Great. Okay, yes. go and do that. Yeah, terrific. 
you should be embracing. I, I didn't feel I was doing anything wrong. Hmm. That's crazy, isn't it? Because actually, what we're what they're preparing people to do is is what you've just done. I mean, that's that's mental. Mm. Wow. I know. So. I, I mean, you know, moving on, you did so many musicals and TV and it, it just, the list went on. Did you ever kind of feel, did you ever try to navigate the career, like doing Doctor Who, suddenly go, I want to do telly, or, you know, then well, do, doing Cats, I want to do musicals, or was it kind of circumstantial? Was it what? Mostly circumstantial, mostly circumstantial. And then I think you sort of make your choices with, with, the, the choices you make with the jobs that you do often they mm. lead you to somewhere or yeah. most of the time they lead you completely in another direction you didn't expect and it's whether yes. you take up that challenge and whether your heart tells you that's the right thing to do and sometimes it doesn't and you think oh, I should have done that then <laughs> but I always believe that things come at the right time for you mm. um that you know, sometimes you need to get out of your comfort zone. I was so lucky because I, I was at Conti's until I was 15. And then I left just for my 16th birthday. Had nothing to do. I th- oh, I think I had a little play to do at Windsor and a panto. And then, uh, and but they were auditioning for this strange musical that nobody knew anything about called Cats. And I did five auditions. And um, and then I, I got first cast of Cats not knowing what on earth it was like and mm. what it would what what would happen with it um and then that sort of led me onto the sort of the coattails of the whole sort of dance uh sort of revolution that was going on there were you know it was suddenly it was on telly I did a tv show with Wayne Sleep um called the hot shoe show mm-hmm. and so I sort of got on that rate that wave as such and that carried me through a whole area it, uh, but then there were other sort of times you know, I then went into, much later on, I went into um, 42nd Street playing mm. Peggy Sawyer. And I went through a really difficult patch through that, an incredibly difficult patch, because I knew the one thing I wanted to do was be on stage. But I knew the one thing that was kind of, not not killing me, but but exhausting me physically and emotionally was that. Mm. And it wasn't making me happy anymore. And I needed to sort out my my real life as well you know I I it, it can be a very lonely world um being on stage you know you feel like being mm. on stage on your own but with all these people is wonderful but then often you go home on your own mm. and I tried to do all that sort of part I've never been a party girl I've never enjoyed it and I sort of thought right I need to go out I need to be going to clubs I need to be doing mm-hmm. all this and I did all that while I was doing 42nd Street which was of course the stupidest thing in the world because it's about the hardest physical show you could possibly do yes, so I was yes. absolutely on my knees Mm. um and I would stand out on stage and all those crazy lines of you know you're doing it for all the little Peggy Sawyers out there who want to be in show business and I was Mm. thinking no I'm not I don't want (laughs) to do it fortunately just recently I've played Dorothy Brock the old bag in it um and that was (laughs) that was an oh my god my my dress run playing Dorothy Brock um I'd burst into tears in the middle of it because I uh I was making my entrance at the place where I made my entrance when I played Bonnie in Gone with the Wind when I was seven. Oh. I was doing a show where I had played the ingenue and been in a very bad place in my life and here I was 25 years later doing it again on oh. the most wonderful stage with all those ghosts and the history and the legacy 59 people in the cast it it took me my life did one of those fast forward fast reverse it was that hit me hard in a wonderful way a wonderful Mm. way but Mm. that was a moment moment of uh, this actually happened and I'm still here it's it's amazing that you took you bring up about um I've talked about this a lot. In fact, it was what inspired me to do the podcast in the first place about mm. the fact of when, you, when you're thrown into a company or a TV show or whatever you're doing, we're thrown together, we become an instant family, Everybody's, mm-hmm. everybody falls in love and then you're ripped apart and then you yeah. go back to day-to-day life until the next thing comes along. And dealing with that, uh, you know, that change and that dramatic kind of emotional... Uh, yeah, just dealing with it emotionally. Well, it I think it, it it's, rips it's, your heart it's out, ripping off a plaster. Yeah, it's so difficult, and people deal with it in different ways. And we, I've spoken to lots of people that have done um, Strictly and, uh, and other shows like that. And I say, mm. you know, how how have you felt coming 
being thrown into something like that, that again is what we do all the time. We're thrown into companies, we fall in love and then you, you ripped it. How have you dealt with it? Because that's on a big level and it's exposed and you're doing it in front of uh, lots of people. And I'm, I'm sure you've gone through it, you know, endless times. But I, I guess something I wanted to talk to you about um, Dancing on Ice, because obviously you did Dancing on Ice. <laughs> uh, was that a similar thing? Or, or do you, I guess coming from shows, yeah. you were more used to that feeling. But it's, yeah, I, I wanted to talk to you about it. Yeah, well, Dancing on Ice is, was quite a, a, an extraordinary one, because I wasn't even in the first... Uh, I was wasn't meant to. It was a very very first first series. Series, the very yeah. First time they did it, yeah. So it's what thirteen years ago or something, or thirteen series ago, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, nobody knew what we were doing. Um, and I wasn't. I was the reserve. I wasn't meant to be in it. I was just on hold. I was the understudy, and um, and I, I think, yeah, I know. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I'll just this is right. I don't have to really think about it. I mean, when I first said I was going to do it, so it was at the time as well where there were so many reality shows on, mm. and they'd asked me to do the jungle about five times, and I'd said, oh no, I can't. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't. I can't bring myself to. It. I love watching it. I can't do it. And um, and so this one that came up seemed. Well, when they first asked me to do it, I said, do you want me to be a judge for performance or something? I went, oh, you've been in it. I went, but I can't skate. They went, yeah, that's the point. Yes. Um, mm. So, uh, funny enough, my neighbour was a, a ice hockey, professional ice hockey player. And I said, would you just <laughs> take me on the rink just to see even if I can skate? And he said, you know what, you could probably do it. Because of that time as well, I thought, well, it's just going to be really low-key and mm. just silly and blah, you know. Then they said when Torben Dean were involved as well, I thought, well, they're not going to want to look completely stupid. So if mm. I look completely stupid, then it's just my own doing, and that's fine. I don't mean... I love being laughed with, but not necessarily of at course. for the wrong and reasons. And nobody does, yeah. No, and, and, and there will be an element of quality about it. It won't mm. all be just horrible nasty things going on you, you just think well there's a sort of a, there's a, there is a kind of a quality program going to be there i knew the costume designer i knew the costumes would be nice and then they said well just just be the reserve and i went great that's fine i don't mm-hmm. have to do it all um i went along I, I used to go to the rink maybe once every couple of weeks have a normal trainer i didn't have any of their trainers and just used to skate up and down and go well this is entertaining for all the wrong reasons because i was like bambi i couldn't do it at all found it hilariously funny and thought my sister turned to me and said darling you'll break your leg i said well i hope not but you know yes there is always that option didn't think about it at all and then i got the call no i actually had to go and skate with with chris uh, christopher dean which I found hilarious because actually I was I'd been doing a radio show with Sandy Toxvig, my mate, oh, and I set up that night. I know I set up that night a surprise for her, and so I said, "You've got to stay with me all day," and I'm afraid I've just got to go to this little ice rink and skate with Christopher Dean. She was like, "Why, darling? I would I don't know, but just come and sit there." So we. I had such a laugh. It was Chris and Sandy and me. And there I am. I'm going, what am I doing? Why am I, I mean, what a lovely thing to say. I've skated with Christopher Dean. Mm. For what? And um, and we just <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. And I was so anxious to get away because the surprise that I'd set up for Sandy was that Julie Andrews was in town. She was doing an event at the BFI and she was going to do a Q&A. And I'd arranged for Sandy to come with me and ask Julie Andrews a question because she absolutely oh. adores julie andrews so i was so keen to get her there to go to that time what's the time what's the time i have to go i'm sorry i really have to go so i didn't take that seriously at all managed to go to julie andrews and got i asked i went oh um hello jane julie it's lovely to speak to you my friend would like to ask you a question shoved the mic in front of sandy's face i've never seen her speechless before or since in my life (laughs) she went (laughs) it was wonderful it was just wonderful brilliant never thought another thing then, like, the week before Christmas, I get the phone call from ITV saying, great news, you're in the show. And we go to transmission on January the 5th or something. And I went, wow. What? I'm doing panto. Twice a <laughs> Again, I, I can't make it. Sorry, I'm busy. I yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> okay, so I was getting up at five in the morning, going and doing wow. two hours on the ice rink before I would then go in and do two shows. Wow. Which was fine and hilarious, and I couldn't cotton on. And so, of course, I hadn't done any training. And done any of the training at all. And then they said, well, would you do, you know, we want you to do this lift for your first dance. And I went, oh, okay. 
I didn't think you could say no to Jane and Chris. And it was well, what is now known as the headbanger because the first time I tried it by being swung by my leg, I cracked my head up, cracked my head on the ice. Got this huge egg on my on my head. Oh <laughs> my goodness! I didn't know you could say no. Um, anyway, that was my experience of being a dancing. Wow. Host. Then it became this huge thing. Um, but you were, you know, I was in such a bubble. I did uh, once we then got into the series. I did. I didn't even know the rules. When we were going live, <laughs> Phil, Phil, Philip Schofield was saying, and the, the, the winning, the, the, the finalists will have to do Bolero. I went, oh, will they? Oh, that would be great to watch. I just, thought, I just thought, I'd just get through the first week and we'll be yeah, all right. Yeah. But it becomes this bubble that you become part of. Yes. And so I, I didn't really take any of it in particularly. And mm. then they, afterwards, people would just come up to me randomly and point at me and say, you were robbed. And I'd go, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I didn't win it. No, that, yes. that wasn't. It was fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. It was an extraordinary thing to be part of. It was very strange. Lovely. I remember. I remember watching. Actually, I, I did catch you. I, I, I don't. Put, I didn't put together about the headbanger. And absolutely, they make such a. It's a big thing. I can't believe you did and that. They made the first me do it. The time. first show of the first that series. That is unbelievable. Wow. Are you watching it at the moment? Are you watching? Or do yes, you, you, I'm watching oh. it. Yeah, I watched it on Catch Up last night. Yeah, it's. I mean, they they skate so much. It's amazing. Mm, it's brilliant. So and yeah. some of the scoring, I was watching it the other night. I'm thinking. They need to give them more. Give yes. them more points. It's so it's, low. They're it's so, so difficult. It's so difficult. Mm, I mean, it it's it's a, it's amazing what people kind of do in that short amount of time. Um, it's ridiculous. I, I, there's so much I want to talk to you about, and I don't really have enough time to do it. But um, um, oh. I, I guess um, a couple of quick ones. I mean, EastEnders. I mean, that that that's mm. oh, yeah. huge. I mean, EastEnders to come. Um, it, it, when when you say about things coming at the right time, is mm. Was that another thing that just kind of landed at the right time again? Because it's huge, EastEnders. And when I'm, to suddenly just be thrown into a machine like that, did, did was that? Did you just think, great, this is this is good timing, and let's go? Or it a bit something you've been looking for, or was it? How would how did it come? Well, about? I mean, you you know what it's like. We're always keeping our eyes open for everything, mm. and you always. But that was never on my list of things. In fact, I said to my mother when they, they said, oh, we'll put you in for a few episodes, see how it goes. Um, and that's what I thought. I thought I'd be in it for eight weeks. I was booked and that was fine. How lovely. I get to do this little part for eight weeks. <laughs> but I had to keep it a secret. And I said to my mother, I said, oh, I've got a nice, uh, I've got a telly to do. It's going to be really great. Perfect. And, you know, I'm really excited about it. I can't tell you what it is. And she said, and when I finally told her, she went, oh, I thought it was going to be Loose Women. <laughs> You won't get any nice clothes then, darling. I went, no, no, it's not about that. Don't you, don't you love the reality yeah. of it, though? You could be doing something yeah. so brilliant and then your family it's will just of... go, oh. <laughs> I love oh, that. You know, that, that's, that's my world. That is an absolute snapshot of, of my world. It's like, oh, lovely. <laughs> Oh, you know, well, oh, you'll break your leg. Oh, it's, oh, okay, okay. Um, it keeps me grounded, that's for sure. It keeps you and, grounded, um, yeah. Yeah. But yes, I mean, I, w- I went in it to, to sort of play this character. It could have gone, just been that. And then suddenly I get this call to say, would I come back and do at least a year? And I ended up staying three and a half years. So <gasps> it, it, was, it was, oh my gosh, it was such a, a, you wouldn't think that after all those years there wasn't, you know, that that I would be surprised about going into something. But I was. I mean, it is... The, the soap actors are amazing. The whole team. Mm. So it's a massive machine that just never stops rolling. Mm. I mean, the fact it had to stop for lockdown was, was unbelievable. Um, yes. But, but it, it, you know, they, they've got it back up and running again. And it was a strange... It was very strange to be part of in some respects. It was quite an adjustment. Because you can be in a, the same show as somebody and never see them because... Mm. You might not Filming have storylines that cross over or conflict and all that kind of thing, and um, and the hours, it's 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 you know, yeah, it's not rocket science, but my goodness, it, you have to think quick. You know, you yes. do a scene in twenty minutes. Yeah. You don't get the luxuries of finding who you are yes. or all those things. So it's quite exposed very quickly. Um, but you also get to reach an audience, and you get to do things that really touch people. I did a mm. knife crime story that was really beautifully done, very sensitively done, and I felt. A, a great sort of um 
intensity to you know and, and, and a sort of a, a need to be uh, as authentic as possible to do it because it was really tough and the the people we even had um I say real people but we had people who were families of um knife crime victims and it, it just empowered me to make sure and and, and it, it made me want to make sure that this story was really told mm. uh with depth and sincerity rather than any kind of spectacular thing and 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 you you reach people that you never think i mean when i finished that when i was out in the street i almost felt guilty if i smiled because i was supposed to be so broken as this character mm. and um and people would come up and literally offload onto me these stories and i felt yeah. very privileged for that i couldn't help them but it but maybe by doing doing that it, it, yeah. it opened up more of a conversation and an awareness and that's what soaps do they they kind of they do, do. Your, families watch them and you see them from so many different angles that it allows mm. conversations to to start it's very true. It's very true. Um, do you have? Does it? Because telly's so fast, isn't it? You learn your lines the night before. You get on. You do it. The theatre, like you say, we have mm. rehearsal time. We have, but then we do it eight times a week. Do you have a, a favourite? Do you have a place where you're more comfortable? I think you lock into places that you're at at the time. I think you, um, you know, if you're in a show for a long, 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 long time, it takes a certain amount of 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 a uh, sort of a different muscle to keep it fresh doesn't mm, it you know mm. not only do you have to stay healthy but also you have to have your technique and you also have to keep it fresh you have to make it look as if this is the first time you've said this line yeah and there is a certain enjoyment of that and then there is a certain technique to that and there is a certain discipline to that mm. I like the fact you know it, it's very immediate it you sort of you go on stage it's down to you to do the performance to please the audience and they know there and then you either get booed or you get jeered and mm. that is very immediate and you're instantly in touch so that's that's lovely um but as you say you have to then keep doing it eight times a week um <laughs> and then and that can be good or bad um then then with telly you maybe reach people a lot more people in their living rooms but it's a completely different technique and you have to adjust to that and i love doing that too so mm. and the same with recording i think that's what we're well we're very blessed aren't we to be able to do this but you know we're all you know at the mercy of the phone call to mm. say would you please do this and that's the best thing it's true it? someone phones you up and says oh can we check your availability and would you be interested in doing this and you think oh, great thank you thank you yeah. and then you think about it and you go oh <laughs> <laughs> that's so true <laughs> you know and you go oh oh, 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 oh i've got it oh okay that's oh, right, so yeah. true. Oh, I'm not getting the. You know, it's so true. Yeah. Isn't that funny? We and do. Go, oh, it's in so and so, is it? Oh, okay. It's so okay. true. Right, the yeah. reality kicks in. Yeah. And you go. Yeah. yeah. And then, as most as most <laughs> actors, they turn around and go, "Oh, when can I take a holiday?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm in a job. I take a holiday. I'm terrible at that. I never take holidays. Oh, it's brilliant. I love that. But, I love that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um has there been um uh has there been a, a time that's been um lower than the rest more difficult that's you mm. know that stands out and if so how did you deal with it how did you kind of turn it around mm. well I went through a patch as I say when I was doing 42nd street when I, uh, the first time when I was in my late 20s and that I found very difficult because I I sort of was still near enough to all the child things that if I ever did an interview, they'd talk about just William and stuff that it was just like, oh, I'm not, you know, and it, I wasn't far enough away from it to be able to say, I'm not that person. Mm. And and I also have sort of this great sort of, um, you know, sort of strength in me that says I don't want to have some kind of, you know, I would I would maybe say things that say I'm not just this bubbly, bouncy, bonny, blah blah blah. You know, but if I turned around and said I was miserable, they'd say I was having a breakdown. It was mm. like, no, no, I'm not having a career breakdown. I'm, you know, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going into rehab for my career. I'm going to just get <laughs> through this and show that I can still weather this storm. It's uh, so it it was. I found that quite sort of difficult. And as mm. I say, my therapy had always been performing or going on stage or doing a telly and mm. I was probably a little bit emotionally spent and didn't have the resources or the experience whatever to to or the courage perhaps to stop mm. enough and yeah. just be and I've had different periods of that in my life definitely I think we all have um you know there have been times when I've I've 
struggled a bit. Um, but I'm, I always try and be, um, you know, I'll go within. I, 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 at one point as well, in fact, when I was doing EastEnders, I was, I was having counselling every week. Um, it was hugely helpful, hugely helpful. Mm. Um, just to have someone, because often when you say I'm feeling miserable or something, you think, how dare I? Mm. How dare yeah. I? I'm, you know, I've got a roof over my head. I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, you will always find there is somebody worse off than you and better off than you yeah and especially with this pandemic you know how, how dare we when there are people in ICU and fighting to breathe yes. and people fighting to keep these people alive and all that trauma and hardship how can we feel anything ourselves mm. we shouldn't we shouldn't we should be grateful for what we have and we are grateful but I think we have to look at it in two ways. You know, there's this big picture, there's the world, there's the sky. As I say, I went out, looked up at the sky and thought, this is a big world, it's still turning, thank God. Um, but it, you shouldn't diminish the fact that you have those feelings yourself. It's yes. You have to acknowledge your feelings mm-hmm. and then work through. You can't jump past, you can't jump over, you can't keep shutting the door and saying, I'm not going there. Sometimes you have to go there, but you can't... You have to try and not get down a cul-de-sac... Yeah, absolutely. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's acknowledging, isn't it? And especially at the moment, mm. everyone's talking about self-care and looking after yourself, getting outside, going for a walk. It's so important. And those little things can yeah. make such a big difference. Um, uh, and I guess a, a moment that, uh, or do you have a moment that you've done so much and you've done so many incredible things? Um, I'm a massive fan, by the way. I mean, I'm sure you know by now anyway. And <laughs> I could too. Talk, talk to you for Me hours. Too, you. Oh, I know. Oh. And um, this is what I miss. It's just a the chat. The saying, chat. How do you get in Absolutely. there? Yeah. Uh, is there yeah. a moment that stands out, that, a highlight that, that blows everything else out of the park, you know, that, that stays with you the most? Um. Well, not one, really. Um, <laughs> many. No, many. And that, I'm just greedy. Mm-hmm. I'm very greedy. <laughs> and I think that the problem is once you've had one, you want more. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you do want to feed that that, that beautiful part inside of and, and create those memories. Some of them can be very small, but, you know, like somebody saying to me, you sent me a letter. Um, and that's not sort of on a, 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 it sounds a bit like I'm feeding my own ego in that way. It's not that. It's about touching people mm. privately. I think the private things are often more important and more um, meaningful. Um, but, I mean, I suppose, yeah, when I stood on that stage for my uh, run through of 42nd Street and thought, blimey, that that life I've been blessed with, um thank goodness and then and then there's always the real one which is when you have your first child when you have your child yes wow (laughs) and that you know that kind of like you know and I've got my beautiful daughter and whenever I see her or anything and I just burst into tears and she goes oh please stop it it's so embarrassing and I go I can't help it I can't help it I can see when you see something of them and they you can see that joy within them and you see sort of something that touches a completely untouchable part. You just think, Mm. what else is there? How wonderful is that? Yeah. Yeah. The the magical moment when it's it's human connection with something or somebody Mm. and you just think, this is a miracle that we live in and we have to kind of accept it with grace and dignity and all those things and hope that somebody clocks it somebody you can share that little just that glance of a moment where you go yeah I get it I get it that's so lovely that's and so true and I I mean yeah I'm hopeless with my boys I mean they just make me melt and they infuriate me at this time as well they're seven and five so homeschooling is interesting gorgeous because they ask all those lovely questions that are you know why does the world turn mommy and you it's go true. Oh, yes okay I'm gonna I'll get back google <laughs> yes yes oh. yes um and all those things that you think wow isn't it lovely to have that magical yeah. wonder the wonder of the of life actually mm. um and then my my little girl when when she, my my dad passed away um uh 2004 now and um and a couple of days after, as I was putting her to bed, she was only four at the time, and she said to me, she said, um, when's, when's Papa coming back from prison? Oh. And I went, pr- 
prison. I mean, Papa hasn't gone to prison. Papa's gone to heaven. And she went, oh, I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Things like that. Oh, you go. it's just, it is. It's, it is. It's wonderful. <laughs> Magical and crazy and, and all those things yeah. all at the same time. We'll be right back with Bonnie in just a moment, but I have to ask her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back on your 20-year-old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? I think it would probably be to enjoy the moment more, enjoy where you're at, be in the present as much as possible, and... uh, breathe allow uh, breathe the air take in the moment and enjoy every moment amazing yeah amazing oh bonnie it's been an absolute joy like i said i could talk to you for hours i could really and it's been so (laughs) lovely to have you on and share your stories thank Thank you you so much i know people are going to love listening to you and uh and thanks again and all the best and we'll see you out there soon Yes, we can have that hug and that nice cappuccino and just sit and natter and put the world to rights. And then carry on. Yay! Carry on. (laughs) Well, that's it for our first episode. Oh, it's so good to be back. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for coming on the show. Oh, what a joy to hear all your lovely stories. And thank you to Martin, my producer at peroxidemedia.com and of course our new sponsors, Act London. Thanks guys, it's so lovely to have you here with us this season. Have a wonderful week guys and I'll see you next week for another fantastic chat. Bye-bye. Once again, a huge thank you to my sponsors, Act London. Thanks for coming on board, guys. It's really great to have you with us. It really does work, I promise you. I get up in the morning, I put it on, it smells gorgeous. I'm loving the orange scent at the moment. And it really does work. I'm running around, I'm exercising. My kids, you know, they really do wear me out. And this stuff really does work, I promise you. And don't forget to use my exclusive discount code for 20% off at the checkout. Keep calm 20 at actlondon.com. That's A-K-T London.com. Hold up. 